This programme was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, your community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Now my Heidi my and welcome to the Trade Aid show or here on Radio Hawks Bay. And oh to all you wonderful people out there, whether your gumboots are dirty or clean, we send our love. It's been a really tough time uh, for Hawks Bay, uh, from all the way down from Waipukarau up to Wairoa and our friends in Gisborne and beyond. So um, we send you all our best. You know, Trade Aid is something of a, a family. It's, if you like, a, a whanau of people here in Aotearoa, but also people around the world and our 47 trading partners, all artisanal workers, all Mm, banding together in times of adversity and in times of, well, good, good times. And they share with us as we share with them. In the studio with me today, I am just so happy to have Delwyn, who is another trade aid volunteer. Delwyn's been with the trade aid movement, oh, seven or eight years and doing fantastic work and Del is going to share with you all a story from one of our trading partners in India, Delwyn. Kia ora everybody. Yes I've got a nice story to tell Um, as we've found with all our trading partners when we get to know them and we've got to know them very well over the many years and they all have wonderful stories behind why and how they produce what they produce and how they live. And uh, we were so thrilled uh, a couple of days after um, Cyclone Gabriel hit us here so badly. To We were so um, thrilled to have a lovely message sent through from one of our trading partners in India, St. Mary's Stitching and Embroidery in a place called Suanad uh, Kerala in India. And they sent us a lovely email to wish us well and... Uh, register their concern for us all and uh, as Patricia said it made us all feel very um, very part of a big family with belonging and it was very good so good news and bad news tra- travels fast these <laughs> days in this yes. world yes mm. uh, St Mary's uh, they are um, lace makers stitches well they're mainly embroidery they specialize in embroidery uh, and it's a very um, old and, and traditional craft that they have been using for a very, very many years. And they make they make main products they sort of make that we see are um, embroidered um, cushion covers and beautiful table runners and tablecloths and things like that. And they've they take a very long time to make, and they're very beautifully made. Um, and they're all in, um, intricate traditional designs. Uh, all, the, the, all of the um, work is done by women, of course, uh, in these um, areas. And 
um, it's interesting to know that um, they've got that these artisan women living in their villages use these ancient embroidery techniques passed on from the nomadic tribes around Western India. Ah, so yes. they come from um, a nomadic background and they have their own specific uh, character to their work, which you, most people would recognise as very Indian and very um, distinctive. Um, the beautiful traditional motifs and designs that they use are sketched, first of all, onto a base homemade fabric like a linen, right. beautiful quality yes. linens that they also make or source in their own area. Uh, and these um, motifs are all objects of nature, so native animals, birds, trees, leaves. Leaves are a very popular a motif. Elephants. Elephants <laughs> are very common on uh, these lovely uh, products and um, so they sketch the, the uh, motif onto the linen and then they set about embroidering with a beautiful brightly colored uh, cotton and they work these uh, um, products take a very long time and they mm. and they're um, used they use traditional embroidery methods um, they've also these days um branched out a little and they will do embroidery for churches for um, Christian churches even and um, the regalia that people wear and the clothing anyone wants anything really fancy <laughs> they do that kind of work <laughs> as well as their traditional work but mainly it's this beautiful um, traditional intricate um, uh, work but and one f fascinating technique that's very distinctive and most probably people will remember um, is the technique of incorporating tiny mirrors stitched into this design little tiny mirrors um, and interestingly these little mirrors they are included because they give the sensation um, of the nomad that the nomads felt when they saw water in the distance in the deserts. Oh, is that why they use yes. it? Isn't that, that's great. Isn't yes, that it wonderful? Makes sense. It really a makes little sense. sparkle in the yes. distance, yes. and that's what it's all about. So when you see these little mirrors stitched ever so, that's a very um, traditional and ancient skill, those mm. little shiny bits in, in oh, the I embroidery. I think that's lovely, yes. yes. The, the way people draw um, on nature and, mm. and their life experiences and put that into their art. Mm. I mean, it is art. It's also functional, of course. We mm. use it, yes. but it's also art. It and is. Oh, definitely. Yes. Yes. I, know, I often think that when you go into any, any uh, you know, trade aid area, you're actually going into an art gallery. You, know? you are, you are. And that's the joy of it, you know. Mm. It's just lovely to see people's faces when they look at all these things mm. and they hear the story. Uh, so yes. that's great, you know. It's, it's so mm. nice to, um, and I'm sure we're going to get more of these messages coming in too because the, the, uh, because of the nature of the way trade aid works, always looking um, to improve the world through justice in fair trading, it does build up very genuine and intimate relationships, not like, you know, not like great huge corporate businesses. And, and because we are uh, driven by that, um, uh, you know, non-profit uh, notion, um, then, then we can afford to, to invest our, 
our feelings, our relationships mm. with our, our producer partners. And I think St. Mary's is one of the um, early uh, relationships that we established, mm. isn't it? You mm. know, so as I, I'm coming up 50 years now, so, you know, mm. yeah. Yes, well, we are coming up 50 years, but we have another partner who's been with us a very long time as well. And who is that, Darwin? Oh, this is the um, the TTC, which is Thai uh, Tribal Craft. Um, they are celebrating their 50 years as an enterprise this year. Wow, that's 50 great. 50 years, yes, yeah. which is really amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, coincidentally, we're actually celebrating 50 years as well, aren't we, as a trade aid organisation. Yes. So there you go. <laughs> it's not bad going, is no, it? No, <laughs> it's a very long time. It doesn't seem that long, but um, it must have been uh, when... A time when um, new ideas were ripe for the picking. I think that's what must have happened. 1973, um, TTC was started um, by an American missionary, and she went to the um, hill tribes in um, India, um, Thailand rather, uh, and she saw the potential there for people to become more empowered and. So um, she started with just a very small group in the hillside, with of two hillside tribes actually, and she just well, what the situation was that a lot of the hillside tribes had been um, disempowered. They had lost a lot of their culture and their traditional way of doing things in 1973, and they weren't coping well at all. Uh, and so um, this whole process once the um, original villages and tribal um, areas got up and running. They div- they got their um, traditional skills and clothing, culture, music, way of dress, uh, and developed that in their own villages mm-hmm. and started producing goods. And then um, they sent their um, experts out to other little um, tribal areas and did exactly the same thing there. So over a period of... 50 years now, they have um, now got eight eight contributing tribal areas contributing to uh, this enterprise, TTC. And interestingly, um, there's a huge variety of goods. It's not just like the embroidery ladies who do who are doing just basically embroidery and all that beautiful stuff. These people have a huge range of goods from wooden goods to beautiful um, hand-woven fabrics that they sew into bags and little hands. Yes. And we've um, we've seen some wonderful beadwork and all kinds of products because the different tribal areas have produced different types of goods that they have uh, become specialists in. And the, and the wonderful thing about this is that because um, of the um, re-education of some of these tribal people and their um, sort of coming to grips with their culture and heritage that was becoming lost, they have become very strong communities. Their main objective, um, their actual objective, is to improve the economy of the hill tribe people of northern Thailand to make it possible for children to attend school. Um, it's a self-help non-profit organisation designed to help the people to have a good life, and that's actually worked. And it's 
they've got evidence to show that the people um, now are more connected with their culture, their traditional way of life, and um, this, the, even uh, with the songs and the stories they tell. Uh, and it's just been a, a win-win for everybody because they're getting a steady income from wonderful products they're now making in their traditional way, and their children are going to school. So that's great, isn't it? It's a marvelous yeah. story. Yes. So it all it fits with the, you know, the one of the objectives of trade aid is that, you know to make to make uh, the world a, a fairer place for everybody a better place for everybody through through trade which is kind of unusual way of doing it and i think it's important uh, that you know our listeners know i'm i'm sure many of you do that in order to be part of this uh, you know trade aid movement um, the practices of our contributing partners must meet fair trade principles. Mm-hmm. They must be sustainable in, in terms of Mother Nature and the Earth. Um, there, there must be uh, consideration for the health and the well-being of all the the people who uh, who contribute uh, in whatever way to the actual little enterprise that's going on. Much, much cooperation um, and uh, a a sense of um, positive production made by hand made for good you know Mm. that that's that's the way uh, that that uh, trade aid is driven in Mm. in every respect so trade justice uh, is uh, a key factor for us um and you know that that's not always uh, easy to achieve. So we go carefully, carefully, um, and uh, check things out. And it's wonderful when you see the success stories, the kinds of stories that uh, Delwyn has been sharing with you um, this morning. Um, I want to uh, look a little bit um, back here at uh, at New Zealand at Aotearoa, and how the the trade aid movement um, functions within New Zealand. You know, we we live in a very blessed country in spite of all the things that we find to complain about, this or that or the other. You know, we're not happy with this or that. And and actually, the weather's been pretty disgusting lately. But even so, uh, we live in a country that is is pretty much enveloped in... um, in goodwill, actually. Uh, so um, you wonder, you know, what what is what is the purpose for us here? Plenty of purpose. Um, we can we can uh, and do the trade aid movement can and does uh, concentrate on on looking at issues within our own economy and our own people. How can we support our local artisans? How can we make sure that we're contributing to a sustainable economy here? How can we look after our land? Now, if Gabrielle hadn't come along between, you know, the last time I talked to you, talked with you, and the last, and today, I would have been inviting you all now to come down to uh, meet us at Awatoto and do a bit of a beach cleanup. Well, look, with all the goodwill in the world, our gumboots and our hands are just not strong enough to clean up that beach at the moment. However, uh, when the time is right, we'll be inviting you as listeners again to, to join us. 
us um, and to make a difference to our environment by uh, getting rid of the plastics and and the other rubbish off our shorelines uh, to protect, well, to protect our ocean and the gorgeous things uh, that are living in there. So, um, but watch this space because <laughs> the time will come again. Trade Aid has also worked um, uh, and very, quite successfully too uh, towards the reduction of um, uh, modern slavery within our own um, environment um, and abroad. And we're also able to support local producers such as uh, roosters because they operate by trade aid principles. Um, and for example, they use uh, fair traded sugar in their production. And we support uh, the local roasteries because they are um, sourcing their uh, their coffee through the fair trade channels that trade aid has been able to establish over a great many years and and these personal relationships with our uh, coffee growers in several parts of the world um i'll come more closely now to to where we are situated in uh, around um Hastings and Waiohiki in particular, many listeners will know that there's a, a vibrant arts village at Waiohiki. Um, unfortunately, this, this village has now been flooded and uh, the buildings will need to be removed. And uh, the the magnificent kiln that was there, that which was the largest wood-fired kiln in New Zealand, it was just fantastic, and it could carry so many thousand pieces at a time. Well, unfortunately, that uh, will no longer be able to operate. So um, when the mud has settled... Um, we will find a way of supporting those artisans who uh, have lost their their way of life, their mm. their income, and uh, and because they are making uh, hand you know handmade, uh, made for good, made by hand, um, they're within um, our aims and our objectives. So there again. Um, We'll alert you, uh, wonderful listeners, uh, to that uh, in due course. And in the meantime, uh, just you know, take, an, take advantage of, of being able to enjoy the gorgeous things that are made by artisans all over the world. Uh, in any one of our outlets, you can just wander in and look at these. Trade Aid is, uh, is run by a series of trusts. We've got 22 trusts around the country and from those 22 trusts we're able to provide uh, 24 outlets um, and we've got uh, two outlets in Hawke's Bay so one in Napier, one in Havelock North. We're really happy for you just to come in and enjoy enjoy what's there, the work of human hands. Yeah, It's wonderful. But, you know, listeners, now I think it's getting close to coffee time, and one of the things we're famous for is superb, fair-traded, brilliant coffee. One of my favourite coffees is called Impact. 
Okay, I like it because it's described as chocolatey with fruit, spice, and caramel sweetness. <laughs> Isn't this sounding good on a day like today? It's a powerful blend with punch. Its body is full and its acidity is balanced. And we've got it in both uh, beans and ground. And already um, I can smell it. Now, Telwyn, you're not really a coffee drinker. However, Mm. you serve it to your guests. I do. So... Yes, I serve a different coffee to my guests because I'm not quite sure what kind of coffee they like. So <laughs> I choose a middle-of-the-road coffee, and it's called Better Day, and it is a smooth and lively blend. It's plunger and filter. You can use also beans for freshly grinding, but it's just a good coffee that everybody likes, and it's an easy-going one, and that, that suits my household, so that's good. Fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, put your kettle on or get your grinder out or whatever, mm. and um, and if you're struggling today, know that we're thinking of you. I'd like to finish off with a little story about the Rwandan women's oh, coffee. Oh, yes, the coffee ladies. We haven't had this coffee for a couple of years, but it's the most marvellous story out. Um, as we all know, there was a terrible war in Rwanda 20-odd years ago, and all the men and boys were taken away, leaving just the women and the babies. And they were growing coffee, but not very well. What has happened in the last 20 years, those women have made a successful coffee business and produce amazing coffee which we aren't sourcing at the moment but it was it's a spectacular story how they um the little baby boys are now um teenage or grown-up boys and they're helping their mothers but it was a story of truly for us um rising from the mud (laughs) if it was here in New Zealand it's rising from the mud but over there it was um, arising from terrible disaster and they have come out with the sun shining on them so we hope the same thing happens here absolutely yes bring on the sun take care everybody and we'll leave you um, with this quote from Helen Keller and I think this one says alone we can do so little Together, we can do so much. And that's the way we're banding here in Hawke's Bay. Delwyn, thank you for coming in. And uh, we're we're sending you our aroha and continue to be kind. Take care. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, your community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.